behave for like a little bit longer. You can just announce Scully is one of our hosts and then it doesn't matter. <laughs> you were listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 98. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and since we live in Florida, the occasional story about a terrier that is the best boy, Greg. <laughs> He's just very excited that I got home. My name is Jimmy, and I am joined by Rob. What up? What up? And Greg. Hello, I am still basking in the glory that is your 80s movie pick of the week. Oh my mm, god. Yes. Isn't it delicious? This no, week, it was it was effing terrible. It was amazing. <laughs> this week we are going to chat about Mindhunter Season 2, Terror, Infamy, and we are going to continue talking about movies from the 80s. And this week we have a doozy. It is Godfrey Ho's Robo Vampire. And if we get a chance, we're also going to talk about the D23 announcements, which is the yes. Disney 23 announcements. And there were yep. a lot of them last week, and we are going to sort those out and talk about the ones that I think pertain to our listeners and to us. Absolutely. After we get done, we will come up with this week's top five list relating to our topics. So, as always, this is a review show. So if we're talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you might want to check back later, because we'll try to avoid any major twists, but no guarantees, especially when it comes to things like 80s movies. You've had plenty of time to see it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I it would be a shame to spoil Robo Vampire for all of our fans, mm. because in yep. fact, if any of those fans could spoil it for us, I still am not entirely sure what happened. <laughs> yeah, please tell us yeah. what happened. We'll get to that. So, news. Um, I got a little bit of news that I got literally as I was riding the elevator down in a building I was in. I saw a quick little bit of news that Hasbro, uh, the G.I. Joe division in Hong Kong, is hiring, which is very interesting news because there has not been a G.I. Joe toy line in quite some time. Uh you know, three, four years is other than the stuff that they make specifically for conventions and like special deals and stuff. And this news came from uh, histank.com or news.histank.com. Histank is a G.I. Joe website that is, has a whole bunch of information. It's his yes. like a snake, not his yes, his tank. dot com. And as I said before, they're currently accepting applications for the Hong Kong division to manufacture G.I. Joe toys. They currently are looking for a project engineer, an associate project engineer, and they are looking to develop medium to high complexity, 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 for the mechanical items to electronic featured figures. And I'm excited about this being a child of the 80s and a child of G.I. Joe. You guys all know about that out there. And 
yeah. So maybe we'll get some cool new G.I. Joe toys out there. And that's exciting, considering I can buy them for my <coughs> kid. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. You know, we were... We were just talking before we started recording, and I was like, man, I want to buy some G.I. Joes, but then I'm like, man, what the hell am I going to do with them? Maybe I can just display them on the uh, on shelves or something in my in in my office. And Greg's like, and then you'll find me at your house in the morning on the floor playing with your G.I. Joes in his pajamas like, what's up, Rob? I will find a pair. Of, I will find like some adult footy pajamas like the, and just sit on the floor playing. They'll be G.I. Joe pajamas. I may even have a G.I. Joe lunchbox. Next to yeah. you, snack. I always can, and up, he'll be like, <laughs> I always end up uh, lining mine up on the bathtub when I take a bath and I put them all in cheering poses because I, I feel like a, a bathing god. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a bunch of minions just cheering me on as I bathe. And if they, if any of them doesn't cheer, he flips them into the water, a lot, leaving them to drown. And G.I. Joe got stuck, and G.I. Joe got stuck in the water. <laughs> that sounds very Eddie Murphy. It was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, a big one. brown shark came. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Yuck. Speaking of Eddie Murphy, <laughs> oh, that cracks since we're like completely off the rails here, I will. I actually do have another little bit of nose, news here. Nose. Yes, I have a bit of nose here as well. A bit of news. Uh, Eddie Murphy has a a movie coming out on Netflix, uh, the Dolomite movie. He's playing Dolomite, and it's about like the history of the the actor and all that stuff. Uh, Rudy mm-hmm. Ray Moore mm-hmm. being the actor, mm-hmm. but I think promote to promote that movie, he is going to actually appear on Saturday Night Live this year. Yes, this for the oh, wow. first time in thirty five years, he will be hosting it. That's awesome, and that is actual awesome news. Well. There was there was there was another little bit of news that dropped uh, recently. Just was a it yesterday? Little, a little bit. Was right? it yesterday or the day before? Mm, the past. Oh, it was, dur- before. it was during the weekend because it was uh, it was during D twenty three that it dropped. Mm-hmm. We've got a new trailer for the Star Wars movie Rise of Skywalker. Yes, and it it looks pretty. And I say this every time I see one of these friggin' trailers. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see that. And then I go and I'm like, eh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, somebody asked me how I felt the other day, and I said, cautiously optimistic. And yeah. I will remain that way. But one of the big things that a lot of people are talking about from the trailer is that at the end, at the very end of the trailer, we've got a view of Ray all in black with a black hood and two lightsabers that she flips open to a double-bladed red lightsaber. Yeah, it's like a butterfly now, saber what, deal. What do you guys... Because I have a theory on that, but what do you guys think about that as far as, uh, as far as Darth Ray? In the past, they have done very tricky things with the trailers, putting different voiceovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they made you believe that Finn was going to be the Jedi in the first whatever. Exactly, yes. This actually seems like a bigger deal if it was a fake or a dream sequence. Like it, it would be like if they put the Luke Skywalker face in Darth Vader's helmet scene from Empire Strikes Back in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. So it seems like that's a bigger deal. And I've heard a bunch of different things. I've heard people talk about time travel, which I desperately hope it's not. I've heard. Oh, yeah, God. Please don't. Yeah, no please time don't. travel. Uh, I've heard people talk about clones, which I'm a little more OK with because that already exists in the world. 
I just I, time travel has never made a movie better unless the movie is specifically about yeah. time travel. Time travel as a mechanic is a horrible idea, and you should stop doing it, Hollywood. Yeah, damn it. Because it can wipe every movie out completely, and it leads too much to too many potential plot holes. Yeah, plot holes. Buttholes. <laughs> that too. I think uh, I want to discuss that because I'm not sure if it does lead to too many buttholes. No, I don't think it leads to more buttholes than would normally be in the movie. Maybe we should. Welcome to the Butthole Podcast. <laughs> We're going to talk about... Today we'll be talking about buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, so buttholes. What, is, what is your theory there, Rob? Um, well, my theory on it was that it was a red herring. I mean, like they've done in the past with, like, when Finn picked up the lightsaber and led everyone to believe that Finn was going to be the Jedi when it was really Rey. I think we're going to end up more with a Rey confronting her dark self, kind of a la, what was it, uh, Empire? where Luke went into the cave and fought Vader, but it was him and it was possibly going to be him in the future, depending on the choices that he made. Yeah. So I, I I think that's kind of what we're looking at here, but uh, who knows? I mean, they could, they could go and being that it's the rise of sky. One of the other theories was, is being that it's the rise of Skywalker. It could be Ray's fall and Kylo's reemergence to the light because Kylo is technically a Skywalker. Can you can you imagine the shitstorm that would happen with with <laughs> everyone like trumpeting how good it was? They, they, you know, Disney Star Wars brought this female hero and all of these little girls yeah. going to Disney wearing Ray costumes, and there's all these videos of like little girls dressed as Ray meeting Ray at Disney and all this stuff, and then have her turn out to be the big bad all along. Yeah, yeah. K- um, kittens would be shit. I I think, like Rob said, it's a red herring. Um, unless they plan on releasing a six hour movie or making three more out of this, they've said that this is the end of this saga. What is this? The, uh, the resistance, the, the age of resistance, the Skywalker saga, which is a nine, nine films, yeah, but the, they're saying that's the end of it. Um, I don't think there's enough time to develop Ray into falling and then, creating a new hero <laughs> to beat that it's just yeah. there's not enough time i think it's a dream sequence or maybe that part won't even be in the movie so all of that aside i'm just like any star wars trailer that drops i am looking forward to going to see the movie mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited uh there's this yeah it seemed bigger than the previous movie's trailer which really kind of seemed kind of confine it the movie which turned out to be the case because it was just basically a big chase movie so we'll see what happens hopefully jj abrams can fix it put things on the right track right the ship and now we're gonna get right into our topics because i don't want to leave robo vampire simmering for too long but i I did want to cover a couple things (laughs) yes i couldn't do the high part so I did want to talk about two things I had the opportunity to watch in the past couple weeks that we weren't here. And one of those is Terror Infamy on AMC. It is the season two of the Terror show. Uh, the first one actually covered the HMS Terror, which was a uh, whaling ship. And if you haven't watched that show, it was really good. If you like, if you like history um, with a little bit of horror mixed in, it's a very, it's a fascinating story. In fact, it was actually, well, you, you guys don't have iPhones, but if you have iPhones, it was actually a news story today around lunchtime that 
they're finally going, they finally found the terror in 2016, which was a whaling ship that got stuck in ice Mm -hmm. and people that were, there's two ships actually that got stuck in ice in the Arctic and they had to basically weather the entire winter because they were stuck and it led, there was cannibalism. There was polar bears that were coming and picking them off. There was all sorts of crazy stuff, but they actually just recently sent a, a drone or a submarine down to, they found it. And it's crazy that like a lot of the stuff in the ship is still like where it was. So it's basically looking right back into history. Wow. Now terror, you know, plates on the shelves and things like that. Now terror infamy is the second season of this. And it takes place in the internment camps during World War II, the Japanese internment camps that mm. were on the West Coast and North back in World War II. Fa- uh, very famously, George Takei was was stuck there. And when he finally got out, it led to his family and basically everyone that was there. I think it was 186,000 American citizens that got interred just because they were had Japanese heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty awful. Yeah, yeah and it was... So the story, which was, which is, it's interesting because the, they basically took the story of what was actually happening and then kind of imbued like a ghost story over it, like a Japanese style ghost story, which, uh, they used a, um, uh, let's see, a Uri, which I can't pronounce, but it's uh, Y-U-R-E-I, which is a Japanese folklore type vengeful woman ghost spirit. So what it starts off, is this on uh, AMC. Okay. So the, the very first episode, the one of the very first scenes is someone kind of, this woman goes out in very traditional Japanese garb and is on like a long dock out into like a lake. And she pulls one of those, those chopsticks that they put in their hair from her head. She kneels down and plunges it into her ear and kills herself. And you don't know if she is the vengeful spirit or if the vengeful spirit is like basically making these people kill people or taking out stuff. So it's actually, mm-hmm. it's, Sorry, my phone just rang. So they're only on episode three, but the the history side of things is is fascinating. That they've, they've showed, you know, I started do, doing a little bit of research. Basically, there's all these you know Japanese folks that are doing what they do, and a lot of them are fishermen and California and stuff like that. So what ends up happening is like when a lot of this stuff starts going down, and Japan starts you know doing their like imperial colonist thing the people there start basically saying look we're going to turn you into the government unless you do them the americans basically tell the japanese folks like we're going to start doing stuff to you if you don't do exactly what we say a lot of things like that there's a it's very subtle on certain things like for example the main character has impregnated a hispanic girl and when he tells his family, the family doesn't approve of it. And as the father's like, well, tell me about this girl. And he's really upset. You can see the calendar behind him is the same day as Pearl Harbor. So like, you're like, oh shit, things are about to really hit the fan. Um, by episode three, they're actually moved into the, the camps. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's really interesting is that they're, it's showing how they're, they're making the best of it. And the ghost is kind of just making things worse. It's not like the ghost is a vengeful spirit taking out the people that did the bad things that put them in the camps the ghost is actually killing the people that are in mm-hmm. the camps which is kind of a different look than i would have thought so it's uh so mm. so so they're blaming the deaths in the terror camp on a ghost uh the deaths are all basically induced suicide but you see like this vengeful spirit like causing them or like pushing people towards them it's very subtle at this point so you're not entirely sure what's going on but like 
in episode three, like uh, one of the characters' fathers grabs a gun from a soldier and starts like rushing towards other soldiers, which of course they kill him. And where the guy had come from, you see this like ghostly spirit of Yuko is her name, like standing mm-hmm. there, like just just kind of. So watching. they're being driven to suicide by by this vengeful, the by ghost this vengeful potentially. Spirit. Yeah. Spirit, but it has not completely been explained yet. So I might be completely wrong on that, yeah. but it's just so it's it's interesting. You have to watch closely. I was being a little facetious. Gotcha. A little feces ish. Yes, exactly. Looking mm. at it from the uh, from the political zealot uh, side, the oh, these terrible things happened, and we're blaming it on a ghost. What's well, what's ah. what's actually interesting is the makers of the show mapped out the season like long before any political, mm-hmm. like people are trying to compare it politically. Mm-hmm. And they said like, we had written this season in 2017 or 2000 before any of the like politics really hit it. So, right. So they're like, we, we think our viewers are smart enough that we don't have to put any politics in it. They can make their own decisions. Which I thought was kind of interesting. So that was one of the things I want to talk about. The other thing listeners of this show will know that I'm probably, well, is Jimmy's up there too. One of the true crime people of the show. Mm-hmm. And Mindhunter season two came out and we yep. briefly mentioned Mindhunter, but I didn't know what it really was until season two came out. Uh, it is directed and created by David Fincher, who's awesome. And what Mindhunter is, is basically a TV show on uh, Netflix. Yeah. That is almost like a non-crazy long form TV show about, you know, very similar to Silence of the Lambs, you know, an FBI agent interviewing serial killers to try to get in the heads of other serial killers. But it's based on a true story, uh, based on the real lives of special agents, John E. Douglas and Robert K. Kessler, who were the first people to actually profile serial killers in the 60s and 70s. And this show is really well done. It does not glorify your serial killers. It does make them into the bedwetting psycho losers that they are. And (laughs) But we talked about it briefly because... um, Damon Harriman is in it playing Charles Manson, and he was also Charles Manson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he's really good as Charles Manson. So it's uh, it stars uh, Holt McElhinney. It's hell of a thing to be known for. Right? Uh, Jonathan Groff, Anna Torv from Fringe, and uh, Damon Harriman as, as Manson. But the people playing the serial killers are all so good at what – like they're all in prison, and they're all just being like interviewed. But – there, it features Charles Manson, Edmund Kemper, who was the uh, shoe fetishist serial killer who did terrible, terrible things with his mother's severed head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was able to shock Rob briefly. That makes me so proud. He did actually stick it on a mantelpiece and scream at it for several hours, but there was other things too. Uh, David Berkowitz, who's the son of Sam, Wayne Williams, Dennis Rader, who's BTK, Junior Pierce, all these people. Uh, basically, they are interviewing people and trying to find common threads between all of these serial killers. And they killed people. They did, but a lot of them had little, a lot of them, <laughs> There's your common thread. Yeah. But a lot of them had a lot of connecting points, head injuries as a child and, and very poor upbringings and things like that. So it's mommy issues, a lot of mommy issues, like a whole lot of mommy issues. It's also some daddy issues. There's some alcoholism in the past and, uh, strict religious upbringings was there. That's a, yeah, pretty common. Yeah. So anyway, I am halfway through season two of Mindhunter. I highly suggest it if you like true crime stuff, if you like Silence of the Lambs, if 
you're interested in psychology and psychological thrillers, there's not a lot. It's not a blood and guts kind of show. Any, there's no actual killings really shown. It's all hinted at, and you maybe see some a few crime scene photos. Um, I do have a little bit of a problem, which you guys listening and you do know, like if there's anything involving like a kid, and this season does delve into mm-hmm. the Atlanta child murders, which you don't, which you don't see, mm-hmm. but of course when you're when you hear about them and you know they're real, that's a problem. And there is a subplot that is not a real thing in this that involves a um, a young child that is found in a house. And you, again, you don't see it, but you see the little outline on the ground. And that was like, Ugh. like that was a little hard. That was a little hard for me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if you like true crime, if you like any of that kind of stuff, this is a very interesting look into the the science and the psychology behind it. So I highly suggest that one. Well, since we're talking about uh, things real quick, I'd like to throw in a movie that I went and saw. I actually really enjoyed it. It was really funny. I know it's a couple of weeks old at this point, but we went and saw Good Boys. So that is the Seth Rogen film, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's – it's. Uh, I think it was written or produced or something by Seth Rogen. But it revolves around these, uh, these three friends who were all in middle school, and it's a, kind of about their journey through – it sounds stupid to say their journey through life, but recognizing that, you know, they're friends because they're close by, they're not necessarily, you know, that your, your circle of friends is usually limited at that age by your geographic location. Mm-hmm. And, you want to exactly, exactly. And they're friends because they live close by and, you know, they hang out a lot. And as the, as they're growing up, they realize they're starting to kind of drift apart and that's okay. You know, they, they can make other friends and it's all right. But the, the movie is actually really funny. It's kind of like a, a middle school version of The Hangover. I mean, straight up to some of the things that it, it's just they don't understand what it is that they're doing. And the people watching the movie are like, oh, my God, what? Yeah, like they're practicing kissing on a on a doll. And it's a doll at one of their parents' houses. And the kid makes a comment that, oh, this is a really pretty CPR doll. Oh, it's no. It's not a CPR doll. It is It is totally a sex doll. Yeah. And the kid goes in for a kiss and he comes back. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, don't do that. You know, and they stop. And then he kisses the doll and he comes back and he's like, why was there hair there? And everybody in the audience was like, oh, my God. Uh, no, stop. It's terrible. But it's it's just full of all kinds of jokes like that. It's actually really, really entertaining, really enjoyable. I, I, I recommend the, the gross out kind of comedy like that. Like I think, you, like they had that one in vaca- when they did the remake of Vacation, where they had like the them swimming in sewage and like the needles and all that stuff, and everyone got mm-hmm. all upset about it being in the commercial, and it was not. Oh, it's not funny. Blah 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 blah. And they kind of turned away from that after that movie, I think, because that movie didn't do very well. And there's something about being able to like make an entire crowd do that exact reaction that you said. Yeah. Oh. It, uh, it was there, there, there are scenes that are really, really funny and it's just really cute. It's got a lot of heart. I know I say that a lot, but it's got a lot of heart and it's, it's a really enjoyable movie. You really should check it out. If you like comedies, if you like stuff kind of like the hangover, but not necessarily quite as raunchy, I mean, that's how I would compare it. I would say it's like the hangover, just not quite as raunchy. Okay. I'm looking forward to that hidden video and you yeah, know, you, the, I definitely the, don't think you need one? to see it in the theater. There was another movie that came out at the beginning of the summer. It was kind of a female version of that. Um, oh, shoot. Olivia Wilde. 
Booksmart is the name of the movie. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, it didn't do well. Yeah. That's what I think that was one of those that they said that like if it was released on Netflix, it would have been the best movie of the summer that everyone was talking about. But it came out mm-hmm. in the theater like the same week as like Avengers and like a week after Avengers or when Avengers was still big. But okay. Uh, we did not talk about that yet. I kind of want to see that still. I saw it already. Good, bad, fun. I liked it. Yeah, kind of creepy. Yeah, I have to find time to see that. Okay, sorry. Um, where were we back on that topic? On Good Boys? I was just saying um, that I recommend going to see it. I don't know that you need to see it in the theater. As far as our give me five rating, I would probably say $5 Tuesday. Okay. It was very entertaining, don't get me wrong, but it's not a movie that absolutely has to be seen in the theater. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it'll be a fun, oh, cool, this is on TV again, let's watch that type of movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. It'll be a it'll be a fun, oh, cool, this is on cable, let's go watch this. Because if you're watching it on, like, TBS, they're going to edit out, like, half the movie and you don't want to see that. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Well, thank you for that quick review, Rob. Well, this past week... We had the D23, which is Disney 23. I'm not even sure what the 23 stands for, but it is a big convention where they announce things for the parks, for the history or for the future of Disney, the Star Wars stuff, the Marvel stuff, everything, since Disney owns everything. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a couple things here, and Rob is going to kind of chat a little bit more about them. And we are the, the, the Orlando people here. Um, the, a lot of the big news really focused on Epcot. and it, Yeah, they've got a lot going on. So the one thing, it looked like they are more, they're formally breaking Epcot up into different sections now, which it was kind of sort of like that broken into two sections. But they have, of course, the World Showcase, which is all the, the countries where you eat delicious right. food. Right. I, I would say that they probably had it currently broken up into, I'd say, three sections. Because that section over there where test track emission space are, I really don't, I really don't see, you know, uh, too much else over there for it to mm-hmm. actually be called the pavilion. But then you've got all the stuff on the right side of Epcot, mm-hmm. which is where like um, living with the land is, uh, the Finding Nemo seeds. ride, yeah, the, the the journey into imagination, the, the Figment ride. You've got all of that, the Living Seas, yeah. So. You've got you've got a lot over on that right side, and I always considered that like another section. So you had that that center part where you walked in, you had that section off to the right, and then you had the World Showcase in the back. Yeah. So now they're, they're naming it. We've got the World Showcase in the back, like you said. We're going to have World mm-hmm. Nature on the right side. So that's, of course, where the land is and the seas. And I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure what's going to happen with imagination because that doesn't entirely fit the idea of nature. Nope. Uh, we've got World Celebration which is going to be the center area where they, I guess they are going to be redoing spaceship earth with, yes, uh, it's getting a refurbishment. It's in dire need of it, by the way, <laughs> it is, but I love her voice. Like there's, oh there's, yeah, there's few things better. Like I usually would not like being stuck on a ride, but I've gotten stuck on spaceship earth where you're back heading down backwards in that star room mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. uh, was it Judy? What's her name? Judy Dench, Judy Dench's voice just telling you to calm down. I'm like, okay, on a hot day in the air conditioning, that's a good thing. Uh, so that'll be World Celebration. Then World Discovery is going to be the test track side where they're going to have a lot of stuff there. Um, so they're adding a lot more, like, a lot of nature to it. Like, there's going to be, uh, in the World Celebration stuff, there's going to be, looks like there's trees and, and a Moana in the, the um, they're redoing the land to add, like, a Moana area. Okay. Like, it's going to, um, 
apparently be available or opening in 2020 of January, so that's soon. It's not too bad. Yeah. And then uh, on the, the Discovery side, they're um, putting in a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which has pretty right. much been known for a while, right? Right. Well, and and they've yeah. got a lot of con- a lot of the construction is already done. Basically, I mean they've got they've been working on it for quite a while now. Yeah, that's where Universe of Energy was, which was yes. a great ride with dinosaurs, except for the fact that it took you an hour and a half to go through the whole thing. The ride that and you like, were stuck on it for an hour and a half. Yeah, where they actually warned you beforehand, like if you ever think you're going to need to go to the restroom for the next sixteen days, you might not want to go in the. Do ride. it now. <laughs> sixteen days. Uh, the D in D23 stands for Disney, and the 23 stands for 1923. Oh, which is when it all got it got going, I guess. So, nice. the year Walt Disney founded the company. Nice. And, of course, the Space 2020 restaurant, which looks incredible. One of the cool things about all these new, like, OLED panels and stuff that could be a different shapes is now they're they're able to, like, make it look like you're looking out any window and looking into space or looking into some other world mm-hmm. when it's just a panel. Yeah, it's going to kind of be the focus of that um, Disney hotel. So I think we can actually talk. Oh, wait, let's. Well, before we go to the Disney hotel, the new Star Wars hotel, there was also, of course, the announcement of a Mary Poppins ride. Yeah, it's going to be off the new one, though. I thought I heard. Um, Is it not? Because that would be very disappointing. Rushing out. No, it doesn't look like it. Um, Oh, okay. Because the 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 picture of it, the picture of it shows. I I haven't seen the new one, but the picture of it does show a dude leaning on a a, uh, street lamp. Like you know, swinging with and dancing. So, yeah, the the street lamps uh, featured more prominently in this new one. Ah, well, we'll see. Because in, instead of chimney sweeps, they had lamp lighters. Ah, mm. I did not like the new one. They're uh, they're <laughs> finally redoing the videos for China and and Canada. Mm-hmm. So the, the China video is kind of interesting, and then of course um, the Ratatouille ride will be opening soon in France. So there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff to see. I love Epcot. I like I like that kind of thing. And they, they still have the two new countries coming, correct? What are those going to be? Who? Um, I thought I heard Brazil was one of them. And <laughs> get a the, the other one was... Um, Singapore? No. I want to say Spain. But I'm not 100% certain where on that. that. Where is that going to be? Like that one area where it's just kind of like, here, play some drums? Or... Um, no, I believe the, the outpost will get a more formal makeover and that'll, that'll probably be a mixture of all of the African countries. Um, gotcha. but I believe I heard that they were adding two new countries and I, th- I think it's Brazil and Spain, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. Disney world is gotcha. already a Brazilian country. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, true. You can, at, at just, any point you can go to Disney world um, and find like 16 Brazilian tour groups there. All chanting something yeah. different. The, the flags, stuff like that. Yeah. So you got that, of course. The um, now to the Star Wars hotel. That's crazy. First of all, it's going to be yeah. super expensive. Crazy expensive. Um, like three grand like, or something like that for the full experience. I believe. I believe more. I thought I saw. Well, no. Yeah, it's it is about it's about like thirteen hundred a person for two days, three nights, or three days, two nights, whatever. However they do it, but it's like a full experience. So, like, you get to that hotel, you check in, and, like, a Wookiee is going to bring your, your mm-hmm. luggage to the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> we we talk about how expensive it's going to be, but good luck getting reservations. For yeah, I, for sure. I think it'll be sold out regardless of how expensive it is. Yep. Like, I, I looked at some of the stuff they had, like, the top of the, it. Basically, it treats it like you're on a cruise, even though you're not. 
So all mm-hmm. the windows are basically screens. You're you're like you'll check in. Like I said, they'll have aliens bring in your stuff. They'll they'll pull you up to like Jedi training, and you like go to Jedi training in a special room. They'll say we're under attack, and you have to go up and like man the cannons. What if you don't want to? Then you really shouldn't want to spend three thousand dollars. <laughs> Fair enough. What if you're sick? No. We, we joke, but there are literally people that would specifically pay $3,000 just so they could be surly about being forced to do stuff. But apparently they have, like, back corridors through the hotel where you can, like, become part of, like, a rebel group trying to take over the ship or something. Like, you can, like, walk through, like, these steamy corridors. I saw pictures of them. Oh, God, that's awesome. Like, pipes and stuff. And, like, you can meet up with, like, bounty hunters and things like that. So, and then, like, they'll the they'll actually take you as a group to Batu where you kind of do like a day trip, like you were actually on a cruise, which is so cool. So there's that. Um, I, I have to do it. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm not going to do that type of thing with my kid, even if I have to start saving now. And by my yeah. kid, I mean Rob. Yes. I'm going to do it at least once someday when I can afford it. Um, and then, of course, there is uh, – what else we got? Oh, there's, you know, like the, the Marvel announcements, the Disney announcements, or then the Star Wars announcements. So um, those – I don't think there's too many things new there. Just a oh, they did show the trailer for the live action Lady in the Tramp, uh, which is I'm going to uh, say TV show because it's actually going to be on the streaming, not in the theaters. Which I, that was actually a surprise to me. I did not know that. Okay. Uh, I did sign up for Disney Plus. Fair enough. I will probably do that as well. There's going to be enough on there for me to watch. I mean, I already own the Marvel movies, but I'm looking forward to the Mandalorian. So it's, I mean, it's worth it just for that for me. Mm-hmm. And then Lady in the Tramp is cute. And yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, yeah. all those new and shows. That I think they what they've sh- what all of the streaming companies have shown us is there's enough money involved in streaming these days to where the budgets are going to make things look good. Like next week, we're going to end up talking about Carnival Row, which looks great. Uh, Dark Crystal looks great, and we'll again we're going to end up covering this next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. I think that covers D23 pretty well. Well, guys, you like listening to podcasts, and you like listening to us because you are listening to us. And sometimes we know we can go off on tangents and we can go down weird directions. Usually that's Rob talking about weird things that, well, maybe. It's just about, yeah. But anyway, how would you like to get paid for us going off on tangents? Then you can be like, yeah, keep on going. Talk about that weird rash that you have, Rob. Talk about, I don't know, what other weird things? Talk about that random movie from 1985. Again. Because I'm getting paid, and what I'm talking about here is PodCoin. PodCoin is a free app for your phones, regardless of what phone mm-hmm. you have, where you get paid for listening to podcasts. All of the most popular podcasts out there are on there, including us. And as you listen, you get points. You can take those points, turn them into gift cards. You can turn them into money for charities. And it's as easy as that. It costs you literally nothing. You're going to be doing whatever you do, and every few months you can get a free copy. So if you're a podcast listener, I highly check out, I highly suggest checking out PodCoin and what you could do, go into the PodCoin app and there's an invite code, which for us is five. If you use the invite code five, what you're going to get is 300 PodCoin that is getting you started towards a gift card for Starbucks, for Amazon, for all sorts of And that things. is F-I-V-E, correct? Yes. Yes. F-I-V, not the number five. It is the actual word or the spelled out word five, F-I-V-E, and you can get started. It is with great pleasure that I announce our main topic of the evening, and that is the film, hmm, the masterpiece, Robo Vampire, 
Screw you, Jimmy. Written and directed by the legendary filmmaker and directory directory director Godfrey Ho. <laughs> this movie stars no, no one of any really consequence. No. And the other thing about this movie is uh, a majority of the cast honestly had no idea they were even going to be in this <laughs> yep. movie. And I am not kidding nope. about that. Yeah, so this film, released in 1988, is actually a combination of two movies that didn't quite make the cut. I believe that is what Mr. Ho uh, kind of made his career out of. That's so, hilarious because I was watching this movie going, I think this is two different movies. It sure was. So it felt like that while you were watching it. <laughs> it sure does because you're going, wait, what? What? What the Why hell is, is this going on? Group of people. So, this film. Who's that? Um, so, reading the official um, kind of synopsis, narcotics agent Tom Wilde is given a second chance at life after being shot and killed in a futuristic experiment. That should be in quotation marks. Agent Wilde is returned to life as an android robot. <laughs> He is sent on a very dangerous mission into the depths of the Golden Triangle to rescue Sophie, a beautiful undercover agent who has been captured by the evil drug warlord, Mr. Young, and his inhuman creation, the Vampire Beast. Where'd you get that from? Uh, That's IMDb. completely wrong. Is it? <laughs> we we I don't know. Did we, we watch tell. the same movie? I I don't even know. I I, I think it's... I mean, that was no, what the official. Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, oh, well, let's just get right into it, boys. I don't even know how, because this, this movie mm. was all over the effing place. I was like, I, I kept turning to Greg, because Greg and I watched it together, and I kept turning to Greg, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea what the hell is happening right now. <laughs> I don't and, I don't get it. Yeah, Um so basically, like the synopsis said, uh, Tom Wilde, a man that a uh, character, I'll say, that no one gives a shit about because there's never any time to develop his character. Um, Doesn't he die in like the first five minutes? He dies. Yeah, there's a, a, a really weird opening scene where um, two ar army Guys who are wearing government issue uh, Chuck Taylor All Stars, um, some Converse shoes, mm -hmm. which was kind of the. It's so the funny that thing. you picked up on that, yeah. Because at one point when watching the movie, someone like got knocked over or something, and I was like, "Nice kicks," <laughs> because of the because yeah. of the fact that they were very obvious that they were wearing definitely not military shoes. Yeah, and it's very obvious from the outset that whatever dialogue was supposed to be replaced was not done by the original actors. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So every character sounds the exact same. I thought he was trying to make it look like a one of those uh, subtitled kung fu movies. I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> no, I don't think anything about this movie was intentionally jokey, unless I'm completely wrong. Um, the, yeah, you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that, you know, Tom died. Yes. And I, I got a, for that scene immediately afterwards, when they decide to turn him into a robot, we've got, this is the conversation about their colleague yep. that died. So how's Tom? 
But it was a fatal wound. He's dead. Since Tom's dead, I want to make use of his body to create an android-like robot, Mr. Glenn. I would appreciate your approving my application. Are you assured of success? Mm-hmm. All right, your application's approved. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, but it, it and the the perfect. Have you ever seen like a middle school play where like one one of the kids in the class wrote it? And, you know, I can just picture the two kids standing next to each other and the one's like, I would like you to approve my application. And then he very, very, uh, like mechanically just hands over this piece of paper. And the, and the other kid kind of reaches out and takes it and goes, very well, your application is approved. Like without even looking at it, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, what the hell? Who wrote this garbage? Yeah. And. So there was very, very little information. They tended to use a lot of people's first names, which I thought was weird. Like, it's Tom and Jim. Like, it, that, it was a very weird delivery because that was, like, how you were introduced to them. You didn't know who they were at all. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have talked already six minutes about this film. I say film in quotes. And we have yet to man- mention You shut vampires. your mouth. <laughs> we have yet to mention actual vampires. Jesus, I don't know what the hell was going on with this. And and the other thing that was hilarious was we watched Greg and I watched this with uh, Asian Jimmy. Yes. And who is Chinese? Who is who, Asian? Who is Chinese? And as soon as the vampires come on, Jimmy actually goes, "Oh, snap. Hop, hop, hop." And then they started jumping and I'm like, "What the hell? How did you know he was going to do that?" He's like, "That's a that's a Chinese vampire thing." I was like, "Are you serious?" He's like, yeah. So then we had to like look up Chinese vampires and shit. And I believe Greg has all the information on that. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk about this for a moment. So he was really excited, and he mentioned two things. He said, one, Chinese vampires hop. Mm-hmm. Two, they can yes. be frozen via a piece of scripture stuck okay. to their foreheads. So I he was immediately say, fascinated. He like yellow, maybe, but then there wasn't anything about whether or not it had to be yellow. I guess he said yellow paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. There was a few things here. One, I was fascinated because I'm like, maybe this movie doesn't suck because we had watched little bits and pieces. Maybe it's not weird or maybe it's not completely off the rails because we had watched little bits and pieces of it before. At least I had. I was like, oh, maybe it's going to end up making sense. No, it does not. No, it does not. But he explained this stuff, which I thought was great. And then he was like, oh, yeah, they're called Jiangxi. Basically, they are they're known as Chinese hopping zombies or or Chinese hopping vampires. They stick their arms out and they hop around and. They suck the life force out of people. Okay, and they know martial arts. And apparently, they know martial arts, but that's not part of at like, least the in lore. this movie. Sure, this lore. Go ahead. And um, then they can be frozen via a paper talisman affixed to the head. However, in this movie, I, w- I will. They basically hop around like uncoordinated children losing a sack race at like summer camp, <laughs> and can they be might. easily defeated with a post-it note stuck to their face. Uh, also, they did add some other little things like, for some reason, when they stuck out their arms, they could launch sparks and fire, which was bottle very, rockets, which were very clearly bottle rockets. They were holding yeah. in their sleeves. And that is not part of that. So Jimmy was like on board. Asian Jimmy was on board up until the point when they started launching fire out of their sleeves. And he was like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> it offended his sensibilities. How else would they attack? From and that's hard to do. Minimal very range. Hard to do. True, and the other true. thing that I thought was hilarious about it was they they would hold up their arms and fire out these bottle rockets, but bottle rockets don't typically last very long. 
So what they would do was they would just loop the video mm-hmm. instead oh, yeah. of like having multiple bottle rockets. They would just loop the video, and he would raise his arms and go pew, and then he'd raise his arms and go pew, <laughs> raise his arms and go pew. And I'm like, what the hell? They couldn't afford more than one little tiny box of bottle rockets, so they had to recycle the footage. And then they reveal later on that after Mm -hmm. hopping very slowly towards people or around people or at people or whatever, that they can also teleport, Mm -hmm. which also apparently is part of the lore. It's like, well, don't just do – why don't you just do that all the time? Now, let me ask you a question, and uh, I'm not too sure if this is one that Jimmy addressed, but does the, like, penultimate um, uh, uh, Janchi wear a gorilla mask? So the that is not part of the lore. Okay, but in this film, the vampire beast, uh, who is a hopping vampire, um, is wearing just a straight up gorilla mask that they did a nothing to. Gorilla mask. That's and it. it's and he's poorly lit, so that like you only see the gleam off of like the brow and the teeth and the nose. And stuff. Yeah, so you're like, and is that a is that a gorilla? Yeah, yeah, it is. And apparently. He's in love with, I guess, a ghost? Christine, yes. Uh, and- a, a girl who who wears nothing but, like, this silk shawl or some shit. Sheer, and, yeah. And we're supposed to know that she's a ghost? Because she shows up, and there's absolutely no introduction that says, oh, she's a ghost. But she's a chick in, like, this sheer outfit, and she's like, oh, hey, let's fight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going well, on? One of the guys, I think the one in the, like, really bad formula one shirt that you see at like the thrift store. Yeah. 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 He's like, Oh, Hey, it's a lady ghost. And that's it. Like through a little more, a little tiny bit of development, I guess this lady ghost starts to battle the vampire beast. Uh, who's named Peter. (laughs) You took him away from me. Now we can never be together in the afterlife. God, that dialogue is amazing. (laughs) Shut the fuck. It's I can't so even. beautiful. <laughs> this movie is so terrible, and you are not allowed to pick movies anymore, Jimmy. It's I'm, supposed to be I terrible. Am... <laughs> it, it's, yeah, really. No, 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 no. There are movies that are so terrible that they're good. This movie was just so terrible that it was just awesome. terrible and unwatchable. Mm, no. Yes. I oh think it should God. be required like high school watch. Shut up. This was garbage. No. This was fantastic. Let's garbage. talk about the Robo Warriors costume. Oh, okay, so speaking of fantastic. <laughs> okay, now, let's, Hold let's, on. let's go to the Robo thing here. Now, when you brought this movie to my attention several weeks before you informed us that we had to watch it, yeah, I you... was under the impression that with a name like Robo Vampire, well, that we sure. would in fact see one at least one robotic yep. vampire well and you that's prob- not the case. you probably saw the poster for the movie which very clearly has robocop on it it does yes very clearly <laughs> oh, that's our fourth co-host scully welcome to the show scully he's very angry about the thunder so i will mute myself well he you can't mute yourself you're the one talking about it <laughs> so what jimmy was gonna say is that the poster has what is very clearly RoboCop on it, but the movie has what is very clearly some dude wrapped in silver spray-painted... He's, he's a volcanic gear. scientist. He's just like one of those guys who goes up to volcanoes and takes samples. Oh, is that what that is? I was That's wondering, what it looks it was, like. It's like that... I, I thought it looked like just like a silver 
spray it's a padded catchers. silver suit. Yeah, with like a helmet with like silver tape on it that's not really aligned properly, so it's like bubbly. Um, and it's it's the worst costume I've ever, ever. seen. Best. Ever. It reminds me of that guy that does like the the five dollar cosplay and does pictures of himself as like Disney characters and stuff. But like, if he was like kind of, if someone explained what RoboCop looked like him to look like to him, he was not <laughs> allowed to see a picture of it, and he was given a room full of silver things to make that costume and got his head smashed in a locker like forty five times. Yes, and then the uh, we also have not mentioned the drugs yet. So this the whole the other part of the story which yeah so there's vampires there's a ghost there's Bless our drugs guy there's also drugs that are being fed to the westerners that have an appetite for such things by a guy that looks like edgar Allan poe mm-hmm. uh, he uh, sure does and hispanic edgar Allan poe or a, yeah he's like so he's like edgar Allan cortez maybe i don't know he okay he is doing that and they when at one point he decides to blow up said robotic uh, secret agent guy and the guy immediately turns it the, the robot turns into a jiffy pop as he explodes because they very clearly blew up a bunch of aluminum foil to make it look like he was getting blown up mm-hmm. and it was awesome <laughs> it, it, yeah no. it, it no. was something it was it was something awesome is not the word like it, it looked like it looked like someone peeling aluminum foil off the bottom of a grill and then, and then don't forget, don't forget the other, the other drug, uh, the drug lieutenant or whatever, who would creepily just walk up and laugh and just stare at stuff. Like he, he didn't do anything other than like, ha 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 And he would like strike a pose while he was sitting on something, just staring at people or staring at situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and his buddies, his buddies would go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, what the, what is going on? I don't get it. Their their wardrobe basically looked like clothing that was not that didn't sell over in America, and they just kind of shipped it overseas. And it's because it's all like generic race car t shirts and like yeah, it's bad. <laughs> just just badass. Just no, stop. <laughs> Garbage. Now I cannot. In good conscience, recommend this movie to any of our listeners. Now, I don't want to get too deep here, but I think the one question that I found asking myself, the, the deep introspective question mm-hmm. that I found my asking myself throughout sure. this entire movie is, who the fuck is that? Over and over again, because this movie would introduce no, new characters I mean, on a whim yeah. without ever explaining who they are. Well... Look, Wendy was introduced pretty clearly, I think. Uh, she uh she, she runs up. <laughs> um, she's the one who was told by Ray that she should uh it's a it's a it's a great view. You should bathe more okay. often. So the, the uh which is one of the the lines, but Wendy introduces herself to Ray and says, "I'm Wendy." Um Andy's young assistant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember Andy's young assistant. So there's some backstory there. That's that's some character development, right? I I also would like to point out that that is absolutely 100% not how water torture works. (laughs) No, it's not. 
No, there's. <laughs> it was yeah. it was like somebody described water torture to him, and he's like, "Oh, this is probably right. Let's do this." I'm so like, you you tie them very loosely to a chair, is, and so put they can, them under so a dripping can, faucet, and they can move out of the way, but for some reason they choose not to. Yeah, I'd like. I was, and every time I saw that, I was I just got more angry. I was like, "That's not how it was works." Loosely tied to that chair for a good forty five minutes of the movie. <laughs> It's like yeah. water annoyance, not even water torture. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you're you're just making them wet. I mean, that's not <laughs> that's not torture. You're just making yeah. them, uh, whatever. Uh, I I gotta tell you that you know that wasn't the deep introspective question that I had while watching this. Oh, what was your masterpiece of the film? Mine was shut up. Mine was when is when is Peter the Vampire Beast in his gorilla mask? gonna get to bang christine his lady friend the ghost and how yeah. does a ghost interact in kung fu fight with anybody i don't well, understand where this movie was going <laughs> what was happening they had all these characters that made no effing sense i was like what the shit <laughs> so there there's a point where we finally get to see their love realized and oh it's when uh robo warrior he's hot on their trail Right, Robo War Warrior. Who was trail? Who was he trailing? He was trailing, you know, <laughs> you, the drugs. You don't know who he was trailing. The, the, the Robo the, Warrior, I believe, was in the drug movie, not the vampire movie. That was that was pieced sure, together to make this let's, film. Let's go with that. But <laughs> Robo Warrior tracks something to a village that just so happens to have the Taoist who's the man who summons the vampire beast and the vampire beast finally reunites with Christine, his Western lover. And, uh, they're getting a little hot and bothered and they start to have sex or something. They, they just kind of put their hands like you would, you put your hands up against the window and somebody else comes and puts their hands against it. Mm-hmm. And they just like vibrate, vibrate their hands around. And then they start rolling around on the mat and here comes Robo Vampire, right? He comes up and he introduces, in, introduces, uh, whoa, uh, interrupts their lovemaking. And Christine sits up and she begs Robo Warrior to, uh, to let them consummate their love that he can kill them afterwards, <laughs> but just let them do the deed let first. me finish and in some uh, some failed attempt at developing this character we we see a flashback of the robo warrior remembering his previous life uh with his love interest or something or something so, so robo warrior he's like just kind of gives that all right you guys go ahead. <laughs> and then he turns around and, and leaves to let this vampire beast in a gorilla mask have sex with his ghost ghost lady, lady friend. And she immediately throws toilet paper at him. And <laughs> the mother of all fight scenes sure. happens. It's, it's mystical toilet paper. Mystical toilet paper. Yeah, it's it's uh, a fight scene ensues between Robo Warrior and Christine and Peter, and it's just 
Wonderful. Rob, one of those scenes that you talked about happened where the uh, vampire beast is standing on like the top of a house and he shoots some of his little uh, Mm -hmm. Jubilee sparks at Robo Warrior. And uh, (laughs) it just recycles that footage. So Robo Warrior standing there with his big ass fake spray painted plastic gun. And he's just kind of like rotating from side to side. And then it cuts to the little guy shooting his little Jubilee sparks at him. And then it cuts to Robo Warrior and he's going from side to side. And it's just, ah, God, it's uh, the cinematography and the stunt coordination on that were, uh, I mean, 11 out of 10 stars. Shut up. For sure. There was, you mentioned a few things that that reminded me of some of the uh, wonderful action sequences in this film. The grenade, Plinko. Grenade Plinko, which we saw this film two different locations. We both had the same reaction. We both said, I said Plinko when the movie was playing here, and then he mentioned it at work the next day saying, Grenade Plinko, because they were on top of like a machine gun Mm -hmm. nest, and this guy sneaks around, does an unnecessary roll to get there, climbs up this roof and drops a grenade down, and it bounces a couple times, and it falls. So there was definitely the... The grenade plinko going on. The role was very reminiscent of uh, Nesbitt's role in in Galaxy Quest. You know, like in Galaxy Quest when they're walking up to that planet that had all the little bitty aliens on it, and everybody's just walking normally, and and uh, Tim Allen's character is just rolling from rock to rock for no reason. Now, we posited when we were watching this that it's entirely possible that they were carrying all of the daily shots from this movie to the editor and drop, maybe drop them mixing them with other movies. And the editors looked at all of it and was like, well, I guess I'll try to make something out of this. The editor was like, hell yes. So let me, let me go through here. So I did check uh, internet movie database and in 1988, Godfrey Ho directed 39 movies. That is sounds about right. That is an average of 1.33 movies each week, and let me. And I would just—I wouldn't say he directed them. Well, he he did use different names. So we had, uh, if you look through his credits, he did Act of Gangs as Victor Sears, Angel Connection as George Hurst, Crackdown Mission, Dressed to Fire as Charles Lee. He liked the Charles Lee name because he also did uh, Euro Crossing, Fatal Glory as Charles Lee. Uh, he is the he, <laughs> right. Law of Honor as Charles Lee, Hard Justice as Ralph Fillmore, Kingdom of Power as Anthony Pa, Magic Emerald as Robert Lamb, Ninja Force of Assassins as Victor Sears, which is it was another that's my next pick. Ninja Force of Assassins, mm-hmm. Jesus Ninja of the Magnificence as Charles Lee. Uh, he did go uncredited. Nice. I think the Ninja Power Force and Ninja Strike Force where he went uncredited. I have concerns about that because. Usually people go uncredited when they aren't happy with the end result. Even he was like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, well, this one sucked. Which means they're probably really good. Uh, official Exterminator 4 Goddess Mission as Joel Law. Say that one official more time. Official Exterminator 4 Goddess Mission. Like number four? Yeah. So there were three before Apparently. that? Not in 1988, Three official Exterminator movies? Yeah. Scorpion Thunderbolt, Robo right. Vampire as Joe Livingstone. Shootout, Bruce Lambert, Soldier Terminators, Ninja Showdown, etc., etc. Top Team Force, which sounds like a South Park movie. Ninja Extreme Weapons, Ninja Demons Massacre as Tommy Chung. He also directed as Burt Peterson. Crocodile Fury as Ted Kingsbrook. Thunder of 
Oh, God, I thought you were going to say Crocodile Fury was one of his names. <laughs> Thunder of Gigantic Serpent, Serpent, another Charles Lee picture. Ninja Operation 7, Royal Warriors. Diamond Ninja Force and Empire of the Spiritual Ninja. This guy was somehow getting a lot of funding. Or he was just stealing other people's movies it, and, like, it, cutting them together. It occurs to me that the reason that he changed his name so many times was because everything that he made was a piece of crap and he didn't want people associating his names with those garbage because he wouldn't be able to get any friggin' funding. Well, maybe he uh, changed his name so many times because he was, uh, he, he used a lot of unauthorized music from, uh, Miami Vice, <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars, um, Vangelis, Pink Floyd, Tangerine Dream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in his movies. So he was running from copyright. So well, he was it just was Hong Kong, so they didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. doesn't, copyright doesn't really matter over there, at least American copyright. So, yeah. So we got the we covered the characters. Now, there was an, two characters introduced very late in the movie, which was a lovely couple about to share a smooch on a moonlit night when a hopping vampire yeah. mm -hmm. wandered by, and they were introduced... Just stuck his yeah, face like, in between. It was a very weird shot in the fact that we have no idea who these people are, why we should care about them. Like, oh, kiss me. And then they don't even really seem to get the kiss part right. Like, they, there's eyes closed and just hovering there for a moment. And then, yeah, and then none someone the disappears. Right. Yeah, like, none of the kissing got it right. There was yep. a scene in the lake after the guy told uh, Wendy that she should yes, bathe more it was often. very romantic. Yeah, like... They kissed, and it like was the lip really awkward. Went up and above the nose on one of them. I think the guy's lips like went over the girl's like the nose part, nostril. Maybe it was weird. Like these people had never seen a kiss or a vampire movie or even RoboCop, ironically, or yes. shared a kiss with anyone, including sure. a mirror or their own hand or a or a sex doll, like Rob was talking about when Jimmy was not there because he was walking a dog. <laughs> I don't want to uh, it was a scene from Good Boys that you missed because you were out with with uh, our fourth host. So so what else you got? What what else yes. do, are we closing out Robo Vampire? Do we got anything else? I, I got one more thing to say about it, guys. If you know you're uh you're looking to kill an hour and a half, the fight scene on the beach alone is worth it. There's a, a part where our hero, the Robo Warrior, is dragged down to the sand by I, I think one four, one vampire on six. each foot. Yep, and then one vampire on each foot, one on each hand. And then one's I sitting believe. on a groin. And then, yeah, one looked like he was humping him. He looked like he was just hammer fist in his robo yards. Which is weird that Rob doesn't like this movie because that's one of his top five favorite sexual fantasies. Being 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 being. Strung up on the beach by Chinese vampires and having one of them punch him in the testicles. Just, <laughs> we were sure. Uh, Put your pants. We back were on, sure Rob. that you would like this movie, no. but you're like, no, 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 it's different. I these this wasn't exactly no. what I had in mind. Yeah, you know how how you you wish for something and then when you get it, it's not really quite what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, understandable, understandable. But yeah, that, that scene, it's weird because if you find this movie on YouTube, which you can find, for some reason, if you click through it, you will almost always land on that particular scene. I don't know. I don't know why. I've, I've clicked through that movie just to find 
little parts to talk about here, and it always seems to land on the beach uh, <clears throat> action sequence. It's like if you could polish a turd, and you did polish a turd, this is that movie. It's a <laughs> polished turd. Without the polish. If you polished the turd with another turd. <laughs> I highly I highly suggest it. I had a good time watching it. It was not good. Buttholes. I was left very confused. It's a fun movie to yeah. not take seriously, really. But, you know, I'm sure it's going to be just as good as Bionic Ninja from 1986. Which is what we'll be watching next week. <laughs> yeah. Rob would actually smash his face into a concrete wall until he was dead. <laughs> so... Have fun with that. It is available on uh, on YouTube, like I said, or uh, Prime. Yeah, it's free on Prime, so definitely let us know what you think. Rob, your final mm-hmm. thoughts. He's going to swear. He might. If you're thinking about watching this movie, do yourself a favor and just stick a knitting needle in your ear all the way through. So you would say, Rob, nice. that this movie is... Stupid! You're so yes. <laughs> I would I would say that a lot, and I I think I have said that a lot. <laughs> I am a purveyor of terrible movies. I love them. I love the heart that goes into them, whether the filmmaker knows that they're terrible when going into it or if it just happens to fall apart as they're making it or in editing or whatever, and I appreciate this movie. I appreciate being able to laugh at this movie. Mm-hmm. I give it a big capital LOL for lots of love. Yes. And thank you for bringing it to our attention. You're very welcome. No, I hate you. <laughs> I know. We all share the same podcast email address, and we're going to get death threats from our own email address. <laughs> and it's going to be Rob sending death threats to Jimmy from his e- from our email account to our email account. That's what's That brings us to our top five question of the week, guys. And based on our discussion of Robo Vampire, which did not actually have a robotic vampire, I think we were maybe Robo Vampire Two, which we should totally watch this week. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will slit my wrist. Well, then we'll get a new host. So (laughs) perhaps a robotic vampire. So that question, guys, is the top five pieces of media, in your opinion, that have nothing uh, to do with their name as suggested. So if the title of a movie didn't contain, you know, if a movie didn't contain anything from the title for, you know, like Robo Vampire. So um, I thought this one was really fun to put together. So how about I go first? Do it. Go for it. All right, I will so, not. I promise you, I will not give you the final countdown hit. Okay, that's cool. All right, so my well, number it's five. Totally coming. It's not coming. I, I, yeah. I promise this time. I, I trust him. So my number five is going to be one that I believe actually shows up a little bit higher on Greg's list, but that is going to be the Eagles of Death Metal. Yes. Uh, yes, I'll let Greg uh, I'll, I'll give that one to you. Number four, the movie Reservoir Dogs by Quentin Tarantino. I never did figure out why it was called that. He thought it sounded cool. Actually, uh, I read the story on that because it's actually on my list too. Um, he he used to work, I guess, at a video store, and he would recommend yes. off off um, offbeat movies to people who were asking for recommendations. And he <laughs> recommended um, the Farewell Les Enfantants or whatever. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and the dude replied with, "I don't want to watch no Reservoir Dogs or Au Revoir, Les Enfants. That's what it yeah. was." <laughs> and he says, "I'm not watching no Reservoir Dogs." And he he thought it sounded like a great title. Perfect. <laughs> That's actually a great funny. movie. Uh, number three is going to be John dies at the end. John dies uh, much sooner than the end. Sorry, spoiler. Number two, this was a difficult one for me, the order for my last two, but I'm going to put The Room at number two, Tommy Wiseau's movie that had nothing to do with a room. Um, although it was filmed in a few different rooms, but I'm not going to try to make sense of it. Number one is the movie Troll 2, uh, not only because it was not the second film in a troll series, but the movie did not actually contain any trolls. They were goblins, hence the town Nilbog, which is goblins spelled backwards. So that's my five. Who's going next? Nice. It's so funny that you mentioned that name thing. It reminded me there was a there's a Pearl Jam offshoot band called Brad, and mm-hmm. they wanted to name the band the band Shame, but a musician named Brad Wilson, who's not part of the band, <laughs> sued them and said, "You can't. We are. I already own the name Shame." So, so they, they turned around it and named him. it Brad. Yeah. That's great. I love that. So I'm going here. Uh, speaking of Pearl Jam, a band that the first time I ever heard of them, they were opening for Pearl Jam. That is Death, Tab, Death Cab for Cutie. And okay. I, I went into it uh, thinking like, like hell yeah, this yeah. is going to be metal. Yeah, which I know it's a Beatles, like Nick, it's part of a Beatles song, but mm-hmm. like it's going to be metal as all hell. And it was like mellow fuzz rock that yep. bar- you could barely hear, like people. People were into it, but you could barely hear it over the... Yeah, uh, it was just up there like... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. And I believe the video clip they were playing was just like a... They had put like a camera on the ground of like a New York street and gotten just people walking by and cars driving by and stuff like that. It was it was very mellow, um, but in the venue, it didn't work for me. Uh, gotcha. Number four, and thank you, Scully. <laughs> You're welcome. For, for, for punctuating this. But there mm-hmm. was a TV show called Terriers, which had absolutely nothing to do with Terriers. Yeah, Terriers, it's a um, – it was a crime comedy drama series. It lasted for about a year. It had Donald Logue, who's really good, uh, Michael Raymond James, basically. There's an ex- it's an ex-cop and a criminal kind of partnering up, but has nothing to do with the adorable little dogs that Aww. are Terriers. And when I, when I log into a TV show, I want to see at least one At terrier. least in everything. So, although there's, there's one on the poster, but and I – get it but you know mm-hmm. not enough terriers uh, i'm gonna go with uh number three and this is just a kind of a little bit of a joke in the horror world where the final chapter of anything is never the final chapter so friday the 13th <laughs> the final chapter which i believe was number four and then there's like 27 after it yeah so friday the 13th not the final chapter would at have, all would have been close. a more appropriate title it's like a final yeah. fantasy yeah definitely like, <laughs> friday the 13th not the final <laughs> chapter uh, i'm gonna go with my number two is eagles of death metal which of course is what jimmy uh mentioned mm-hmm. before uh they are awful in theory if you really look deep into their name they could very well be the eagles like don henley of death metal yep. but they sound nothing like of death metal no at all they're definitely a hard rock band more of a, a desert based kind of queens of the stone age kind of thing yeah so yeah not what i got when i first started listening to them but i like them no. i was super excited we, we didn't the first say stuff. I heard their name yeah right mm-hmm and number one is Troll 2, which does not involve trolls whatsoever. No, uh, no trolls at goblins. all. Definitely, definitely goblins. Mm-hmm. Nilbog. It is really hard to get a Nilbog uh, license plate, by the way, because I want one. 
Oh, for my like, I wanted that to be my license plate. They're all taken. There's one. Probably they're all taken in every state in the country. Uh Like I would actually like move to Wyoming if I could get a no bog license plate. Do that. I I say that because there's like possibly a hurricane bearing down on our house right now. But Uh, yeah, Yeah. maybe who knows? Even Rob's dog is upset. Yeah, she's mad that there's no no bog license plates. I should have named the French Bulldog Nilbog. <laughs> you still can. It's true. She doesn't really do anything anyway, so she's not like her name is useful. She just lays around. True. So Troll 2, number one. It's such a weird movie, such a weird story. That's the movie that has the actual like documentary about it, right? I actually it, right? liked the that movie. Best, though. worst movie. The movie scared the shit out of me when I was a little not I even alive. that movie. It's great. Because it was supposed to be a different movie, and then like, and then but there's like that one actress that's still waiting for her callback all these years later, and it's like it's mm, it's sad. Yeah, check out weird. the documentary "Best Worst Movie." It's uh, yeah, the actress that Greg's talking about, she like lives on alone in a broken down trailer now. She's like really, she's lost touch with reality. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. And, like they're not making fun of her, and like you kind of like want her to have that. Like she's so like she wants there to be more but i don't know it's it's hard rob your lists are always weird what you got <laughs> well i i left a couple of them off just because i was almost certain that you guys would uh that you guys would hit on ones like troll 2 but i had to put reservoir dogs on there um but i think i'll start my list at numbers four and five with a couple of um questionable ones okay as as naked lunch was very deceiving <laughs> Uh, and backdoor grandma's seven yes was actually the fifth in the backdoor grandma's exactly exactly and there there was a tv show along the same lines that was called happy endings yes all right and there were no weird there were no happy endings there i watched that show but it tried so hard it was from what i understand it was trying to be like a friends reboot kind of thing it was like that it had some very interesting things, mm-hmm. and, and it had some characters that were super likable, but but there was just there was something about it to where it was it was kind of like if you ever hang out with a group of people that are like always together or something, and they all have their little in jokes and stuff like that, and you go and you're like, okay, these people are nice, but I feel left out of everything, and I really don't want to be part of it, so you'd rather just not be with them. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like so watching a show like that is a little exhausting. Yeah, it's like Kevin so. Smith movies. Sorry, go ahead. That's all. <laughs> I think I'll throw um, Brazil in at number three, as it was not about Brazil. I, I was thinking about putting Brazil in there, but I didn't. I couldn't understand that movie enough to know whether it was about Brazil or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to feel like an idiot, so I just took it off my uh, list. And and while I know there's probably some symbolism involved at number two, I'm going to put To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As as I under I, I understand that I believe the symbolism involved is that like Boo Radley was the mockingbird, and you know they say a couple of times throughout the book or the movie that it's a sin to kill a mockingbird, and you know whatever. Um, but I'll put to kill a mockingbird at number two, and at number Just one, a how to video. That's right. I want to know how to do it. And at number one, there was a movie that came out in two thousand. I think it was. Okay. Yes, 2000, called George Washington. All right. And the movie was about a group of inner city kids who were 
playing at an abandoned amusement park and a member of the group dies. Uh, <laughs> so right. I was like, oh, okay. And while one of the characters in the movie is named George, they never, I don't think they ever really go over what his last name is. So they, they just call the movie George Washington. And it's like, okay. Not a historical biopic. <laughs> it is not. It is not a historical biopic. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I'm all for like deep introspective movie titles and things like that, but you got to be able to market a movie and yeah, well, and that's going to bring a completely different crowd. And I, and I got to believe that it really kind of hurts your, it hurts your overall product when you title something really off the wall or something real avant-garde that doesn't really make any sense and lets people wonder, it's like, oh, you know, what am I supposed to do with, you know, yellow spots on a wall. Men staring at sheep movie. Yeah. How do you, how do you market that shit? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. And when there's that much money involved, you, you gotta sometimes let the marketers take over. And if the marketers are screwing it up, you gotta let the, the director take over, the producers take over. I don't know. Okay. I think that closes us out. So just going to close out the show here. First of all, next week, Mm, it's my job to pick an 80s movie. We are kind of heading out of the summer. And for me, the 80s and school starting was all about one thing. Alice Cooper. No. <laughs> Wayne's World. No. Yes. <laughs> it was all about three o'clock. Benjamins. Getting home and watching G.I. Joe. Oh. A real American hero? A real American hero. That G.I. Joe, mm. not the other one. Not the live action one, which was terrible, but we are going to go with G.I. Joe the movie, which is G.I. Joe versus Cobra Law. So I am holding it in my hand right here. I will let you guys borrow it because I own it and it is also yeah. And for you guys out there that don't own it, if you want to watch, it is available on Stars. So if you happen to have Stars um, through your regular cable, you can get it online. I'm sure it's available a bunch of other places. So this is G.I. Joe the movie from 1987-ish. And it's ridiculous. And um, you'll get to see Globulus, no. the character yeah. that is shaped. Globulus! Like <laughs> yes! Like a carrot. <laughs> um, so we will be watching that. Now, we are not entirely sure when we're going to be able to record this because we do have, as I said before, a hurricane bearing down on us. So, And since we record in different locations, we might not have internet. So this might get postponed yep. a week. Um, apologize so, out there for all of you fans. Yeah. In lieu of any rant this weekend... Gentlemen, stay safe. Yes. And uh, yes. fuck that hurricane. Yeah. You can contact us to also say that uh, via Twitter, Instagram, give me five pod. Maybe we'll put some hurricane photos up there. Hopefully not, but maybe we will. You can email Hopefully us. We won't have any. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes and or whatever podcast app you are using and replenish your Dude, stock check of out the store. Yeah. Yes. Check that out. We've got some really awesome stuff on there, including bath mats, uh, new things being added all the time. So give me five podcast.threadless.com. And thank you for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and goodbye, horses. Do it down.